Can the Chargers snap their two-game losing streak this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, today we're going to tell you how they can do it with our keys for success defensively and offensively for the Chargers. Can the Chargers continue their good run defense from last week against the Eagles? This week, can they contain Jalen Hurts? Can Justin Herbert get back on track this week? We're going to get into all of that and our final game and bowl predictions. I'm Daniel Wade. He's Dave Drogmeyer. We're also joined by John Kegley. Let's go ahead and get into it. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast here trying to figure out how the Chargers can get off the schneid and win a game, stop this losing streak. But thank you for making us your first listen today. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys for checking us out on our new Locked On Chargers YouTube page. You can follow on the bottom or subscribe on the bottom or wherever you get your podcast from. You can also follow us there as well. Thank you for joining the show today. We have a good one for you guys because we have a lot to get into. I think there's a lot of keys for this game, which Bet Online has right now as a one and a half point game in favor of the Chargers. So Vegas thinks it's going to be close this weekend, and we're going to tell you what the Chargers need to do and also talk about some guys that they might not have with Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis not practicing to this point in the week. Your two starting corners have not practiced this week. Obviously, that's a bad thing, but we're going to start with our defensive keys for success for the Chargers, getting to our offensive keys, and then wrap the show up with our prediction. But this episode of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more of just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into our keys for success defensively. I'll start with you, David. I know I have a lot for this game. I think there's a lot the Chargers can focus on to really improve their chances in this one, especially going up against another mobile quarterback, right? Because the last time that we saw them go up against a mobile quarterback, it was Lamar Jackson, and that game obviously wasn't pretty even though Lamar Jackson didn't have a world-beating game in that one. But it still represents a very unique game, especially for a team you know who put up about 240 rushing yards last week. So when you're looking at this one for the Chargers defense, coming off a game where they did enough to win against the Patriots, where are you going to start with your first key? Yeah, I think my first key for success is going to be keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket. I want to see them deploy a similar tactic that they did against Patrick Mahomes. Keep those pass rushers on the outside. Keep him in the pocket. Don't let him go outside and escape. He's Jalen Hurts has been sacked 14 times this season, but only four of those sacks have come via the blitz. So it would be better just to try to get pressure with four. Don't try to blitz him and be really sticky in coverage. If the Chargers are able to do that, I think that's going to bode very well for them defensively. Yeah, and I do just think they have to be careful with him as a rusher because, I mean, he's the next most prolific rusher this year behind Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's at 432 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson's about 480. There's not another quarterback in the NFL that has more than 300 rushing yards. And the other thing he does with those rushing yards is he picks up first downs, picks up key first downs, a lot of them coming on third downs. He gets about 3.6 first downs per game just on his feet, right? And that's not including him throwing the football. So they definitely have to be aware of that. And if they can keep him contained, make him a little chaotic in the pocket. I mean, that's usually when you start to see some mistakes for Jalen Hurts. But for me, I mean, I think it just starts with the running game because I think you did see some improvement last week against the Patriots, right? I mean, 3.6 yards per carry. Obviously, some of that's kneel downs and things like that. But 
We're talking about a team that was giving up about six yards per carry. So there's almost no way to spin that into a loss when you did that against a team who last week was very committed to running the ball down your throat, right? They knew they were going to go into that game and run the ball 40 times. You have another team who's coming off a game where they ran the ball 46 times for 236 yards and four touchdowns. So they can be committed to the run in this game too. Jalen Hurts only threw 14 passes in that last game against the Lions. You have to make them throw the ball more than that. John Kegley, where are you going with your first defensive key for success? Well, it's like you said, you got to make Jalen Hurts throw the ball. You got to get him in a second and long, third and long, make it to where it's up to him. He's not a guy that's going to take over a game. It's not going to be a game. He's not a guy that takes over a game. He's not an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. He's not going to throw the ball 40 times to be successful. He's, he needs the running game. He's the guy that just manages the game. Like after we run the ball a little bit, he'll dink and dunk a pass to keep the linebackers honest or because they blitzed, this is open, he's going to hit it. But if you get him in the second and third and long, he's usually not going to make those plays. So you got to get quick tackles for a loss that make it second and long, and then you got to force yeah. an incomplete pass or something. Make it a lot of stressful downs for them. There's some good stats that back that up too because – in six of the Eagles' eight games where they've thrown the ball over 35 times, Jalen Hurts has a rec- and the Eagles have a record of two and four. So you want them to throw the ball a lot because they don't have a lot of success, and a lot of the times that means they're playing from behind. So absolutely make Jalen Hurts throw the ball as much as possible. Good things will happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for them specifically, they have to run the ball well to win this game. I don't see them doing it on the back of Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, right? I mean, I do think he is dynamic running the football. Like, he can, you know, change the game that way. He can pick up a lot of key third downs, and they can dominate time of possession when they're doing everything at the highest level. I mean, they did it against the Chiefs. They weren't able to sustain it, right, for the whole game, and the Chiefs ended up beating it out of them by just, you know, pouring points on him. But when you look at him, I mean, this is a team that can control the clock. If you give Jalen Hurts a bunch of third and twos, third and threes, he's going to kill you, right? And they're going to kill you because then you're giving them easy short passes, right? When your secondary might be depleted and it's going to be really tough to stop that, right? And you're going to give them a lot of really easy decisions to keep the ball because one thing, if you get into those third and 10, third and 12s, he could decide to tuck it even if he doesn't necessarily have it, right? And once you can get him to kind of flush out of the pocket and commit to a run, there's going to be chances for you to stop him before the sticks. And it's happened, you know, a bunch of times already this season. So I think tackling obviously is another huge part of this, but he has shown some propensity to take some shots. I mean, whether it's good shots or bad shots, I mean, you look back at that Tampa Bay game, right? Early in the game, takes a shot deep to Jalen Rager. Jamel Dean ends up trying to come back to it, ends up getting a big defensive pass interference. He tries it later in the game. Jamel Dean plays it smarter, and then he gets an interception. So he will take some chances. You can't give him those easy ones down the field. Make him complete those balls. Make him put it on the money. Do not interfere down the field. You just don't want to give this team a bunch of free yards, David. Make them earn it offensively because they can shut themselves down. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think uh, one thing I'd love to see them do in this game is to line Joey Bosa up over the rookie left guard, Landon Dickerson. I think that would be a a great way for the Chargers to kind of jumpstart this pass rush, which besides Joey has been pretty much non-existent. Landon Dickerson's given up 19 pressures, five QB hits, and a sack. Uh, so I think that that's an area on that offensive line that's a weakness, and Joey Bosa and the Chargers would be wise to exploit it. And Joey Bosa talked about last week being frustrated that they didn't do that more with him. He said it was in the game plan for him to get to line up on the inside because they were not going to let him beat them off the edge, and that was a bunch of double teams. It was chip blocks by the running backs. It was straight-up double teams or tight end chips at times. 
They weren't going to let him beat him off the edge. And Brandon Staley basically said that he was trying to protect his cornerbacks on the outside after their injuries. And that's why he didn't do it. But that's a good way to, you know, kind of protect your cornerbacks on the outside is by getting immediate pressure up the middle. <laughs> I mean, that's the hardest kind of pressure to What's avoid. coverage's best friend? Pressure. 100%. And what that does, though, is even if you have lesser guys on the outside, right, Chenin Wosu or Kyler Fackrell, now he's getting flushed into him. Now that left tackle doesn't know where Jalen Hurts is behind him and can't correctly kind of block for him, right? And now other people are ending up with easy tackles for losses, easy sacks. So I think that is a huge thing. Get him on the inside. Give him a clearer shot to the quarterback. If he's going to get double teamed anyways, you might as well have him drive a couple of guys three yards into the backfield because nobody else on the defensive line is doing it. John, do you want to get into any other defensive keys for success before we move on here to the offense? Well, I mean, the best defensive key is technically an offensive key, and it's getting a quick lead. So the the faster you get off the field and get your offense on the field, the faster they can put points up. The bigger lead you have, the less running they do and the more throwing they do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that definitely is the game plan, getting them off track, getting them off schedule, putting them in situations because it's okay if you have Joey Bosa coming off the edge if you're putting them in third and nines and third and tens and he actually has time to get there. If you're not getting those plays to disrupt things, he's just going to have – you can't know whether it's a pass or a run, and that's what you're trying to do. What teams have done against the Chargers, get them in obvious passing situations, right? That's what you have to do to other teams because that's a good way to help your guys like Joey Bosa and the other pass rushers get home. But we do have some offensive keys that we have to get into because I do think this is a big game for the Chargers offense, guys. A lot of questions need to get answered after the last two performances, and the Chargers have a chance to go up against – I would say a pretty decent defense. It's not a terrible defense in Philadelphia. I think they're probably around middle of the pack. I mean, you heard yesterday on the crossover, number one in DVOA last week, but it was against the Lions. So we'll talk about how Justin Herbert and company can come back this week against the Eagles and have more success than they did against the Patriots and obviously against the Baltimore Ravens. But I do have to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by McDonald's, who have been proudly serving communities since 1965. And McDonald's has always been more of a place than just to go get food, right? Nice, affordable food. Obviously, it's great, but it's also been an unofficial community center too. And I know pretty much everyone has gone to McDonald's after a game to hang out, get some McNuggets, get some McFlurries. That's what McDonald's is great for. Best fountain drinks on the market for sure. You go get a McDonald's Coke, Diet Coke, you're in business. But win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip. I know that, right? You have to use the bathroom. You need a quick snack. McDonald's is the place to go on road trips. The unofficial road trip restaurant, I would say, for sure. But McDonald's is a great place. It can be a coffee shop. It can be a rec center. It can be the place that you go to study. So right now, guys, make sure you go to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody somebody say locked on chargers? Watch party. I know I definitely would be down for that. But make sure to go check out your local McDonald's, guys. I'm loving it. All right, guys, we talked about our defensive keys for success. Now it's time to flip things over to the offensive side of things where we have more questions, right? Last week, there was a lot of onus put on what the offensive performance was because the defense, although it didn't play a perfect game, played well enough for the Chargers to win. And I think especially after the streak they were on before the last two games, the offense was cooking, right? I mean, you know, against Cleveland, 208 passing yards in the fourth quarter, moving the ball the entire game. Going into that game, good performances offensively against the Raiders, against the Chiefs. I mean, and then you just have a total stall out really over the last couple of weeks. And I think it's going to be huge to see how the Chargers bounce back offensively. They can be that high-powered offense that we think that they can be when they're at their best. So, John, when you look at the, at the offensive performance this week, where do you think is a place where they can find some success? Well, it's going to be in the passing game, really. It's got to be the the quick passes. It's got to be the... 
the 10 to 15 yard passes. You got to hit a bunch of those, move the ball up and down the field quickly and do the no huddle offense as well. Don't give them a chance to re-huddle and get themselves back together. Keep them on their heels. They're not that good when they're on their heels. You got to move it up and down the field and score quickly. Doing that will also help you gain a quick lead, which will take help your defense out because that means Jalen Hurts has to pass more. But you got to be quick. The, moving it slowly up and down the field with the runs and the five-yard completions is probably not going to work this week. You got to attack quickly because if they have a chance to regain themselves, they will on a drive. One of the other thing is, too, is if you're hitting on those quick things, right, if you're getting those easy yards quickly, it's going to put you in a lot better position when it comes to third downs a lot of times as well. When you're going in rhythm, you can get up to the line of scrimmage. You can do the silent count where everyone just gets up there and the ball's out and the defense looks confused. We haven't seen that in a little while with this team. I would definitely like to see them get back to that. I think taking what the defense gives you, especially early on, right, have the linebackers start to suck up on those dump-offs to Austin Eckler, have them start to move up on those quick passes, and then you can start finding more deep shots consistently and you get the defensive line off balance too, especially if you're able to run the ball, right? And if you're getting a bunch of quick passes out, that's demoralizing. Think about Joey Bosa talking to Tom Brady, right? Stop getting rid of the ball so quick. That's demoralizing for a pass rush and a defensive line to have that happen over and over again when you're just getting rid of the ball. So I think taking what the easy stuff is that they're going to give you, especially when the game plan against Justin Herbert lately is you run two deep safeties, you make it, you take, he's getting the Patrick Mahomes treatment, right? It's we're not going to let you beat us deep. We're going to make you take those checkdowns, even though they're boring, and you're going to have to get it inch by inch at times, which is good until teams start exploiting it. And then you have to change something to try to combat the Chargers, you know, moving the ball down the field easily. But I do think that will help Justin Herbert, especially getting him into a rhythm, getting him, you know, on the same page with his receivers, getting the receivers more involved early. So they're catching footballs, right? And first of all, key for success, catch the goddamn ball. Here we go. Please. I mean, <laughs> especially so if it's over the middle if it's a pass over the middle you it's going to be in your hands catch the ball well that's and there's going to be a lot of opportunities to do that too yeah and i know i mean the middle of the field is definitely somewhere that the chargers have to attack this week i mean if you look at any of the games where offensive has had a lot of success against the eagles defense they're attacking the middle of the field and it's been wide open it's catching runs it's deep passes down the seam i mean the middle has been wide open behind the linebackers and in front of the safeties that is a nice soft spot where the Chargers did not attack enough last week, especially going up against a cover two defense. That's a place that has to get exploited. And I think the tight ends are a great way to do that. And if you look at the last three games against the Eagles, tight ends have had 25 catches for 224 yards and two touchdowns. That's an average of 8.3 catches and 75 yards per game. Tight ends have had against the Eagles just recently, right? That's just and the I, last three games. And, two, and only two incompletions, too. So it's yeah. a very, I, very high percentage of completions. I feel like, I feel like this is going to be not Jared Cook, but Donald Parham's game. I feel like Literally it's be, one of my notes. Donald I Parham, think, still underused. Exactly. He's had a lot of big plays that have been called back by penalties. He should have a lot more stats that show that he's a lot, really productive tight end. And this, I think this is going to be his game. And David, I know that you have some stats too that will kind of back that up. Just like the middle is the soft spot on this defense. If you look at the talent, especially coverage-wise on the Eagles, we talked about it yesterday with Gino Camilleri. You have Avante Maddox who plays pretty well out of the slot. And then you have Darius Slay on the outside. Those are easily their two pest coverage dudes. On the interior, not even close to the same. It's not. It's not even close. And yeah, on Thursdays, I usually dedicate Thursdays. I'm off on Thursdays. 
I watch a lot of film. I watch probably three or four, maybe even five games. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was the linebackers. And I was like, okay, let me go in and dig into these stats. And they are absolutely staggering. I mean, I released one of those stats on Twitter. Linebacker Alex Singleton has given up 38 receptions on 41 targets, 367 yards, and four touchdowns. He has also missed 14 tackles. Oh, but guess what? There's more. <laughs> Linebacker Jannard Avery, nine receptions on nine targets. Davion Taylor, 13 receptions on 14 targets. Eric Wilson, who just got waived, 20 receptions on 25 targets. As a whole, the Eagles linebackers have given up 98 receptions on 107 targets for 919 yards and six touchdowns. That is a completion percentage of over 91%. Yeah. 91%, people. If you want to have success, Jared Cook, Austin Eckler, Donald Parham Jr., if they are lined up against any of these linebackers, it is literally open season. I'm, yeah. see, I'm hearing crossing routes. I'm hearing crossing routes over, all day. over the middle. I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Get them out of position and just hit them right in that little sweet zone. And Keenan Allen across the middle, catches it on the run. Easy. Easy money all week. Yeah. yeah. In-breaking routes have been really, really effective against the Eagles because the linebackers aren't getting to that hurt, you know, curl hook zone that they need to get to in time. And another place you can really exploit that is if a team wants to have everybody up at the line of scrimmage and pretend like they're blitzing everyone, it's really hard. It's hard enough to get back there normally when you're in the normal linebacker spot, you know, and you're doing a little read to see if it's run or pass. It's a lot harder to do that when you're pretending you're going to blitz, and then you have to bail out with your back to the quarterback. And the Chargers have not exploited that enough when they've had other teams do that, and obviously that's something that other teams have had success doing against Justin Herbert. But yeah, I mean, huge. All the in-breaking routes that you've seen have really worked with a lot of success in front of the safeties behind the linebackers against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think Donald Parham really just needs to get more targets, right? I mean, he just it has a criminally low number of targets. He's, He's a walking skyscraper. Throw the man the ball. Yeah. I mean, it, another thing is too, is just like, he's not efficient as a blocker. You know, he's definitely not at that point. And obviously it's tough because he's six foot eight, six foot nine, whatever he is. Like he's a giant, but like neither is Jared Cook. Like Jared Cook has been terrible trying to block this far. So, you know, so far this season. So like you're not getting anything anyways, might as well split him out. Might as well, you know, if they want to cover him in the slot with Avante Maddox, please. Go for it, you know. Five foot nine, Avante Maddox against <laughs> six foot five, Jared Cook. Sign me up all day long, especially on Sunday. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's that simple. You know what I mean? And I just don't think that we've seen that enough because the thing is, too, is like if you spread teams out that are trying to do these crazy things to you, you're going to get some matchups. And if you're going to go, you know, they haven't tried to really spread teams out to try to get them out of just lining up seven guys on the line of scrimmage. And I think that's something that can work as well. Obviously, tempo is a big part of it. But I think being a good, dude. I was just going to say is don't be afraid to run the football against this team. Was, yeah. The front four is very good against uh, as pass rushers, but against the run, they are not good at all. And if you yeah. look at the PFF stats, Javon Hargrave, 39.2 against the run. Hassan Ridgeway, 28.4 PPR, PFF grade, excuse me, against the run. Fletcher Cox, 51.5. Milton Williams, 46. They have really good pass rush graves. Javon Hargraves in the 90s. Hassan Ridgeway, 75. Fletcher Cox, 72. So they're very good rushing the passer, but they are not good stopping the run. So 
definitely run straight at him. And that's going to be another way that your offense can stay on the field, Daniel, and really keep your defense off the field and try to swing that time of possession back in the Chargers' favor. Well, and it just does a lot for the quarterback, too. You know, Brandon Staley's mentioned it a bunch of times. Like, Justin Herbert needs the running game to be effective and for it to be consistent throughout the game, right? He needs it. They have to have it be a weapon because that's the other thing against that Tampa 2, the two-deep safety. Look, you have to run the football at it. I mean, they're begging you to run. Teams are daring the Chargers to run against them, and they're just not doing good enough on a consistent enough basis. Last week, obviously, you saw most of their yardage coming from a couple of big runs. They found those because they were continuing to run the football. Obviously, especially with Justin Jackson out this week, potentially he hasn't practiced at all. That'll be interesting to see who gets the next reps after Austin Eckler. But Austin Eckler should eat. I mean, the dude's averaging five yards very well. so far this season against better defensive fronts than the one he's going to go up against. And I think him in that defensive backfield is not something that you you want to see if you're those you know Eagles safeties, if you're those Eagles corners. You do not want to see Austin Eckler coming through that hole because I think they're going to have a really hard time bringing him down. And I think he's going to be getting you know five, six yards if he can get to the, the second level. After Can we see some screens, please? I, I can't get out of this section without talking about we need the screen game. That's going to be another way to keep Preach. the offense on the field, keep those short down and distances. And I mean, all kinds of screens. I'm talking screens to the running backs, screens to the wide receivers, screens to the tight ends. Use all of those weapons in the screen game. It's going to slow down that pass rush and it's going to keep your offense on the football field. And actually execute. I've seen a few screen passes that. this week where we just take way too long getting the ball out to the running back. It's got to be a timing thing. Like that ball's got to be already out and floating before the running back does his turn around and look at that ball. Like you have to already have that ball in the air. You can't just sit here. Oh, now he's looking at me and dump it off. They're already going to be there tackling him. Well, and running the football, the screen passes, all of these things, not only are they going to help Justin Herbert, they're going to help Storm Norton, right? Yeah. Because that is the dude that really needs to help. This, these are ways running the football well is going to slow down whoever's lined up against Storm Norton. Throwing the screen passes are going to slow him down, right? It's going to help Justin Herbert. More importantly, it's going to help Storm Norton because you can't have Justin Herbert looking like he was looking last week, which is the pressure was coming in on the right side, and he started speeding up his mental clock. He started throwing balls too early, and he was off rhythm, and everything seemed to kind of collapse from there. He has to be comfortable, and that's why the throwing the quick passes being able to run the football, all these things are going to be so important in this game. But I think especially running the football in this matchup, we've seen the Chargers too many times have a good matchup running the football and not take advantage of it. It hasn't happened as much this year. It needs to not happen this week for the Chargers to find success because that's a great way to keep Justin Herbert in rhythm, to keep him on the field, to get him in more favorable situations on third down. It all comes hand in hand. And I think that's what the Chargers have to do to get this offense back into gear because it's been pretty bad the last couple of weeks but we do have one more segment to get into because we do have to get into the injury report with some big names on it for the Chargers before getting into our bold and game predictions to wrap up the show but first I need to tell you guys that if you guys aren't thinking about built bars you're not me because I'm always thinking about built bars I have John just got a mixed box where he got a caramel macchiato flavor that sounds delicious I mean I know that I always have my favorite flavors peanut butter brownie cookies and cream there's always the go-to favorites and you can get that mix box so you can try something and find something that you like because with all the different flavors that Bill bar has i find it impossible to believe that you're not going to be able to find a flavor that you like and now that we're going into the holidays just remember one slice supply has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end most built bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein to go along with it while also fitting on your diet because they're low calorie low carb low fat and high in protein 
Share some of your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So make sure you guys check the site often because there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So make sure you guys mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of prizes. So make sure you go to Built.com to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ig. BetOnline is back in better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Close game this week, guys. A one and a half point line. And, you know, BetOnline knows what they're doing. So that's why we're expecting it could be a tough game for the Chargers. Make sure you guys head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. You guys can save some money and have some free money to bet with a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. That's Locked On, all caps, one word. Who doesn't love betting with house money, right? I mean, it's literally the best thing ever because you can't lose. But from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and even UFC with some huge fights this weekend, I'm going to definitely be using a little bit of bet online to look at those fights this weekend. I mean, Zhang Wei Lee versus Rose Nami Yunus, Michael Chandler, right? Justin Gaethje getting back in. Kamaru Usman. I mean, I'm definitely going to be watching UFC, and I'm going to be doing it with Bet Online, and it's going to make it just that much better. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So make sure you guys get that 50% welcome bonus with that promo code Locked On at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, once again, we head into the final segment, and once again, I don't feel great about this game. I mean, I know it, the Chargers are a better team, right? I think that at the end of the day, the Chargers are the better team going into this one. I mean, the four and three record and the three and five record at this point don't mean a ton to me. This is what does mean, do, you know, this is what means a lot more, I think. Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis have not practiced this week. And I just think that's so huge because I don't think Chris Harris Jr. has been playing that well. I think that the guy I have most faith in going into this weekend is Tavon Campbell. But I think you're going to be seeing a lot of Tavon Campbell. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of probably Ryan Smith, who was brought in for special teams purposes, not brought in. For being a cornerback, you know, all you know, all the time, David. That's not what he was brought in to do. I think he played fine at times last week, but that's gonna be absolutely huge. And at this point, as we're recording this late on Thursday night, like we just don't know what the game statuses are. But with both of those guys not practicing, especially Asante Samuel Jr. with concussion, a hamstring injury of Michael Davis, which is soft tissue, probably something you're not gonna want to test if you can't practice. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, it, it's terrible, and and you you might see uh, you know the human chess piece Derwin James play a little bit outside corner in this game too. I mean they they might have to out of necessity, but uh, yeah, Michael Davis out with the hamstring. We don't know if he's out for the game, but it, it just doesn't look like he's going to be going to be going to be able to play. And Asante Samuel Jr. is still in concussion protocol, and I mean we have seen guys get cleared within a week, but it I would say it's very rare. So. I'm kind of looking at this as if both of those guys are going to miss this game. And that means they're going to really need those backup guys to step up. They need Chris Harris Jr. to play better football. They need Tavon Cable to continue to play decent football. And they're going to need to get some stuff out of Ryan Smith, who, like you said, is a special teamer, but he's going to have to play his position. I mean, this is the NFL. Injuries happen and, you, you know, it's next man up. So we've got to see what Ryan Smith brings to the table. Yeah, and the Chargers, we knew going into the season that was something that was a concern for this team was the depth at cornerback because we knew right away we're like, okay, well, the Chargers need Asante Samuel Jr. to go out there and start because if not, 
the backup plans, Brandon Faison, right. Who's now with the Raiders and he got released from the Chargers. So like we knew it was going to be an issue. We knew if they had any injuries there, it was going to be tough for them to kind of fill in there because that's just not a position where they just have a ton of experience or a ton of talent behind their top line of guys. Chris Harris Jr. has to rekindle what made him great for so many years this weekend, I think. Derwin James, I think there's a high likelihood he's in the slot a lot. Obviously, that's something we've seen him do a lot. But I remember the last game that he was in the slot for pretty much the whole game. It definitely took away from the Chargers' run defense a little bit. He wasn't as near the ball as he would normally be in those running situations. And you saw last week how important it is to have Derwin James near the football when they're running it. Because, I mean, that tackle for loss he had on the third and short last week, he was just a monster and run stopping last week. So Alohi Gilman also hasn't practiced, right? Justin Jackson hasn't practiced at all this week. Justin Herbert was limited with a hand injury. I don't know what I would do if Justin Herbert missed this game, but like he's not going to miss this game. He was back to a full participant today. Yeah. yeah. You just just called Philip Rivers. Just call Philip Rivers up. The weird thing was, as I remember, it was against the Chiefs, right? It was against the Chiefs where he hurt it. So like that's a long time ago. Well, I think he, no, he hit his hand again. Yeah, he did it again. Yeah. I mean, I know that, but like it was just weird that, first of all, Brandon Staley obviously downplayed and then he was limited, but. Obviously, it's a hand injury. Maybe that caused him some discomfort in the last game, but it's hard to say how much that affected it. Either way, the Chargers is a second running back. Is he going to step up? Is Mark Webb going to fill in on some snaps for Alohi Gilman this week? If so, he'll have to step up. He's another young guy. But the Chargers have their work cut out for him against a team that I don't think is as bad as their 3-5 and five record. I'm probably around that, actually. But it's time to get into our bold predictions going into this one. John, let's start with you. Who are you looking at to go off this week? I know you're going to do something crazy. Let's hear what you got. Well, like I said, I believe this is Donald Parham's game. I'm going to say he gets his first 100-yard receiving game, and I'll have him throwing a touchdown on that. Damn. Okay. I mean, I think for him just by himself, like to not have a beat tight ends go for over 100 and a touchdown makes it really bold, but I would love to see that because, like, He's a dude that could go four catches, you know, for a buck 15 and a touchdown realistically just because of the yards after catch ability. David, where are you going for your bold prediction on this one? I'm going to change mine. I had some tight end related ones too, but I'm going to think of something different. Yeah, well, I think I've been going on offense a lot lately in the last, I think, three or four games I've gone with an offensive player. So I'm going to switch things up, go to the defensive side. I think when you have some injuries, you need your big time players to show up and make big time plays. And that's why I'm calling on Derwin James to have one of those big time games, those statement, I am back type of games. That's going to be 10 plus tackles, a forced fumble, an interception and a sack. I'm I'm calling DJ to go off on Sunday. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's going to be so huge in this game. Like, I just can't even tell you how big of a you know player and how big of a factor he could have, especially if they want to blitz him. He'd be the be- best blitzing option to try to chase down the quarterback in the backfield to find Jalen Hurts when you have those athletic guys. It's nice sometimes to send an athletic guy after him, right? And that's what Derwin James bring to the table. It's hard to escape him if he's coming on a rush. So I love that. I'm going to go a little offense and a little defense here because I think Joey Bosa – is going to get right in this game a little bit too because I know Jalen Hurts will take some sacks, right? And Joey Bosa has been missing the sacks the last couple of weeks. He was speaking out publicly that he was frustrated kind of with what the defense did last week. I think Brandon Staley is going to try whatever he can to get Joey Bosa right and, you know, back on good terms with him because you definitely don't want your star player getting frustrated. I think he's going to find a couple of ways and go out of his way to try to find some great matchups for Joey Bosa this week. So I'm going to say Joey Bosa, two sacks and a forced fumble. And I think Austin Eckler has the best matchup of maybe any charger going into this week. So I'm going to say Austin Eckler also goes 18 carries 
for 115 yards while also adding seven receptions for 90 yards in this one, almost 200 yards of total offense. I think when you look at the wide receivers matchups compared to his matchup, I think he has a lot better. I like the tight ends. I like the running backs, especially mainly only Austin Eckler in this game to have a really, really big game. So we got the right said, people talking right now. Is that Daniel or is that John? I, I can't tell because that's a pretty aggressive, nah. bold prediction. Oh, and a touchdown for Austin Eckler too. At first, I was getting worried that my boldness was getting tested when he said a little defense, a little offense, and he said Joey Bosa. I was like, is he going to say Joey Bosa is going to line up and get a touchdown on this well, game? Well, I go two sides. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to go that crazy on it. I, right? That's what I thought I he was going to do. I made okay, up is he going to pull a Jared Allen in this game? What? Honestly, on the fly, I was just thinking, like, it'd be really surprising to me if Joey Bosa had three bad games in a row. You know what I mean? And I know it's not all his fault, and I know they're doing a lot to take him out of the game, but it would just, it seems crazy for me to have him he's not be a major good. factor. Yeah, he's just too good to be held down this long. So let's get into our game predictions here. John, lay it out for us. Give us the all time series notes and how we should feel about this game going in. Well, the Chargers lead this series. Seven to five, but that it never has been, happens. <laughs> but it has been close. The Eagles actually lead the point total in this series, two forty-two to two thirty-five. That's only seven points. Oh, Every great. game has been decided by eight points or less, except for two of them, and those games were decided by sixteen and ten. So, so it's not this, even really that much. No blowouts. So the biggest yeah. ever difference was sixteen points. That's pretty wild. So Charger fans don't. Expect to have your blood pressure blood pressure lower this week. It's not going to be a fun one, I don't think. Yeah, that game was that game was a twenty three to seven Eagles win back in eighty six. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, I'm sure you remember the real blood pressure game of two thousand and thirteen, thirty three to thirty game winning field goal. Deshaun Jackson, Michael Vick, Deshaun McCoy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. What a what a game that was, right? But so I feel like it's just because of that. I've I alone. I just can't see this game being a blowout either way. Yeah, I, mean, I do feel the Chargers possess enough to win this game, just because I don't believe Jalen Hurts is has enough to take over this game. I feel after the past two performances, this has to be the game where they just like, no, nah, we're not losing three straight. I have Chargers winning twenty six to twenty one. I think it's going to be a late touchdown. They're going to be like down like twenty one to twenty, score a touchdown, but miss the two point conversion to win this game. I love how specific that is. David, who do you think is going to win? Yeah, I think this is a get-right game for the Chargers, and it it has to be. I mean, after the last two uh, opponents and the last two kind of really painful wins, or excuse me, painful losses for different reasons, I think the Chargers have to take advantage of this matchup. There's going to be some yards out there for the Chargers to get, uh, and they're going to have to do it. I mean, they have to get right. So I am going the Chargers 31-24, and that's because – the Eagles are going to score a touchdown late, and they're going to miss a field goal, and uh, it's just going to be too little, too late at that point. Chargers are going to win 31-24. Were um, you trying to go as, as specific as me, David? you trying to go bold, too? Are you all trying to draw the bold train, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Chargers win 2-0 on a game-winning safety with Jalen Hurts in the end. Boom. Nah. Bold. Uh, I don't – I really, like, don't feel good about this game. Like, I, I should feel better – the Chargers are a better team. They're coming off two straight losses. I mean, you feel like they have to bounce back, but like two starting corners going down. I mean, I think back to that last game against the Patriots and how easy that seven-minute drive was for them, the six-minute and 56-second drive where it seemed like every completion was wide open and the Chargers were, you know, selling out to some extent to stop the run there and to try to, you know, 
stop the bleeding and stop the clock from running. But like this team has not been easy. It's not easy to ride with this team after the last two weeks. So I'm going to. That was Bill Belichick. This is Nick Sirianni. Just it is. No, I mean, it's Jonathan Gannon defensively, but yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm going to, you know, what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the chargers don't get it done this week. As much as I want to pick them in this one, I just think that they haven't made given me any faith in the last couple of weeks. I do think it would be a great game for Justin Herbert and the offense to bounce back, but having the two starting corners potentially not play scares me a little bit. Having, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen disappearing in the last couple of weeks scares me a little bit. I'm going to say that the Chargers lose a close one. I think special teams is going to play a big factor. I think the Chargers get a punt blocked. Is that specific enough? I think the Chargers get a punt blocked. And I think they end up losing this game. And another weird score. I'll go 23 to 20 in this one. I think the Chargers go down. I just need to see. I mean, the Eagles are winless at home. Like, the Chargers absolutely should win. The Chargers have to prove it to me again. I have to, you know, be – they have to show me they can do Daniel it. Daniel Wade is believe. a woman scorned right now. I, I, uh, I'm, no, I just better don't feel good about it. They better win with me there, I swear. If I spend all this <laughs> money and all this gone. time – if I spent all this money and all this time trying to get a 250 mileage pass approved by the army just to go to this game, just for them to just not show up again, like the Ravens game I went to, there's going to, there's going to be a rant going on in the next show. I mean, the run defense has been bad for most of the year. I'm hoping they can get better this week. Right. But it's been bad. Most of the year, there's a team that can run the ball effectively. And it's a team in the chargers that's missing. It's two starting corners and you know, two of their starting offensive linemen that scares me. So I'm going to say chargers can't get it done. And just hope to God that they can prove me wrong because I think this is a huge turning point in the season right now. Five and three sounds so much better than four and four. It just seems like two separate worlds you're living in. And right now in the AFC, they have a chance to seriously gain some ground towards the top of that conference. I hope they can get it done. But that's going to do it for today's show. We'll see if I can gain some ground on John Kegley and the Chargers game picking because I got the one done last week. I'm nah, David, you're the only one that didn't pick them to lose. On run your pool, though. On run your pool. We're not talking top. about run your pool. We're not talking about run your pool where I actually forgot to do my Thursday den- game again tonight. I'm the worst about that. But we'll be back with you guys on Monday. Thank you to everyone who checked us out on YouTube. We very much appreciate it. And make sure to go subscribe at the bottom if you haven't already. And make sure to go follow the Locked on Chargers podcast. Even if you're watching on YouTube, go subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast. Even if you're listening to the podcast, go subscribe to us on YouTube anyways. You know, it doesn't hurt. It's just a finger click. I mean, it's really not that bad at all. But make sure you go follow us everywhere. You can also find all of us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD, and John Kegley on Twitter at Biggest Chargers FN with one G and Biggest. It's the dumbest tag of all time. I'm going to say it until he changes it. But you can also call in with your reactions to the game to the voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen and for checking in with us again. We really appreciate it. But we'll be back with our reactions on Monday to hopefully a big Chargers win. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.